0: Welcome to Sports Bites, your bite-sized podcast serving up the perfect blend of sports and food. I'm your host, Chris Joseph, and in each episode, I'll look to tackle the latest sports buzz while including the tastiest bites. Now, in this episode, I will break down my top five college games to watch this weekend, looking at some NFL games as well, and a look at another review of Stadium Foods, thank StadiumReviews.com. I'll also go over my give them a six or six picks from last week and pick my games this week. So let's dig in. Game five this weekend, I got to keep an eye on my Sooners. Number six, the Oklahoma Sooners hosting Central Florida. Now, you know, on the surface, you're probably like, it's a crap game. But what I want to see from the Sooners is how do they come out after the emotional win over Texas? And having a bye week of basically everyone telling them how good you are, how that you have a front row seat for the college football playoffs. Do you come out flat? Do you come out energized to continue this redemption tour that you're hearing about? How does Dylan Gabriel play? It's against his old team. He knows those guys over there, they know him. Will it make a little bit of a will it make him be a little more risky with the football, trying to make some big plays? How will the defense do against Central Florida's offense and returning quarterback John Rice Pumley? If he's playing. Now he said he's playing, right? So they asked him earlier this week how he feels about his knee. Is it more physical or is it more mental?
1: John Rice, how much would you say is more mental or physical as far as just coming back from this injury?
0: Um, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, right? Like, I, I, There's some healing that has to be done, right? And then in, the, in your
1: mind, you have to start trusting your knee to start um, getting in and out of breaks and, and being able to step into throws and um, be able to get hit and get tackled, right? It's all part of it. Um, and so I say it's both. It's both mental and physical, but um, I think now it's more of the mental aspect of it. I think I'm, I'm uh, if not all the way healed, really, really close to being all the way healed. And so um, it's just about... Trust in myself, um, realizing that, that, uh, man, I'm I'm healed, I'm healthy to get out there and and, then
0: just to play football like I've done since I've been a kid. And he says that, you know, but Plumlee started against Kansas but left the game when he was visibly hobbling. You know, the Knights offense can really run the football and that would be a big thing for the Oklahoma defense to put a stop to. Central Florida is averaging 246.3 yards per game. Now, the Sooners only allow 114 yards per game, and a lot of that came last week against uh, Jonathan Brooks, who is one of the best running backs in the country, hands down. The two main rushers are R.J. Harvey. You know, he's he's one of them. He's the main guy with 511 yards, and behind him is Johnny Richardson with 441 yards. That's at an 8.3 yard per carry, but only one touchdown. You know, On the defensive side of the ball uh, for Central Florida, they have two very athletic rush-ins. Traymond Morris Brash, the 6'2", 245-pound Richmond, Virginia senior. He leads the team with five sacks, and right behind him is Malachi Lawrence with four. Now, their leading tackler, keep an eye on him, a very active linebacker, Jason Johnson, and keep an eye on him to kind of see what he does watching Gabriel, see if Dylan's going to leak out of the pocket, um, you know, make some plays with his leg. Now, this is uh, the first game Oklahoma is going to be without Andrew Anthony. He was hurt and lost for the year in that Texas game. Nick Anderson should step up, get the bulk of the reps. And I think seeing the Sooners establish the run game once again is a key for Sooner fans out there. Tywee Walker, he's looking good. Marcus Major, is he ever going to fulfill those um, expectations, that dreaded word? Uh, you know, Javante Devont, uh, Barnes, he's going to be out there. Gavin Salchuk, it's, you know, let, let's see if this ground game can really get going. You know, I would like to see a very business-like approach to the game if I'm a Sooner fan. For the defense, continue doing what they've done all year, flow the ball, cause some pressure, force some turnovers. Danny Stutzman having an All-American type year. I love what I've seen from him, the Sooner D. You know, can they make Plumlee uncomfortable? Get him out of the pocket where he's doubting that knee. Maybe force him into making some mistakes. Now the line is Oklahoma by eighteen. When I first, when I was, when I was looking at this, it's now been dropped to seventeen and a half. So a lot of money being played there. The over of sixty-five. I just I don't know if UCF can score that much. I mean, I saw what Kansas did against them. I think I would like to think Oklahoma's defense is better, but again, we'll see. Number four game of the week, number 14, Utah at number 18, USC. Last week saw Caleb Williams and the entire Trojan team really struggling on the road against Notre Dame. You know, and talk about him wanting an ownership of the team. And Caleb, look, I don't have a problem with Caleb. My problems with Lincoln Riley, with how he left the team, everything like that. But this stuff coming out now with Caleb and his dad getting involved, it, it, it may be a good thing that he left Oklahoma but I'm not mad at the fact that you want to go out and ask for what you can get you know get your money the time in the NFL the time in the it's fleeting coming and going I get it but no other player has ever gotten I mean out of the draft you have no equity in the NFL you've not been proven I mean not to make any fans look at Kyler you know, the joke about Kyler playing Call of Duty. I'm not saying that that's the same with Caleb. But it's coming out now that you might sit. You might. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. I think there's a lot more outside of football going on with Caleb Williams. But with no Cam rising, I still favor the Trojans in this game. But this is a Utah team that bullied the Trojans twice last year and kind of laid out that playbook on how to get this offense, you know, flustered. Both teams have one loss. Only Utah has the Pac-12 loss. They lost to Oregon State. But a loss in this game, I feel it could be like an elimination. Kyle Winningham loves the matchup with his defense against Williams. I just don't know if the youths have the weapons to go blow for blow uh, with you know this very lackluster play at quarterback from Nate Johnson and Bryson Barnes. The USC defense has been more than struggling, and I think it comes at a good time to play a Utah team with not a lot of pop in that offensive side of the ball. However, the Trojans rank 98th in points allowed with 30 points per but this is what's to be expected over the last five six years on Alex Grinch's defense, right? I mean, you have to know it, this is what you're getting. When will Riley quit allowing Grinch and the defense to cost them playoff spots, championship opportunities? You know, and it's crazy. So Grinch was asked this week if he saw progress from his side of the ball. Do you feel like you saw any
1: progress? I absolutely do, you know, but, but, you know, those are hollow words and I get it. You know, it's very hollow after a loss to, you know, and and we'll, we'll, we'll have those conversations, you know, in-house as we watch the video and, and, um, but, uh, you know, without question over the course of the season, but, but, you know, it's time to start getting outcomes.
0: Hollow words is absolutely right. You're, you're out there, you're making that kind of money. You got to get better, man. You got to get better. And look, I'm not a huge fan of Riley and how he left Oklahoma, like I said, but, I can, I can tip my hat and and give credit to, you know, greatness. And, and he is a extremely, extremely brilliant offensive mind. And the lack of quality, strength, conditioning, a porous defense will lead to disappointment again for the Trojans. I think, you know, I still think they can win this game. Even if by some miracle they announce that Cam Rising is going to go. And, and again, it's, it's just every week, game time decision, game time decision, game time decision, waiting for that green light. I think USC is just better. Plus, the Trojans are getting Zachariah Branch back after being out with an injury. I'd expect a big special teams play out of Zachariah Branch just because of how explosive he is. The line is USC by 7 over 54. I would probably go under in this game. I just don't think Utah can score. But I know that Utah can bottle up. I would expect something like a 24-7, 24-10 game. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I think USC wins, but I would probably take the under in this game. I just don't see the point. Now, again, you could see some... Some hidden points somewhere. Like I said, Zachariah Branch coming back. A kick return, a punt return. He's already had a couple of those this year. So keeping out for Zachariah Branch. We go back to the ACC again for another big-time game, right? Number three game that I want you to keep your eyes on this week. Big ACC matchup as number 16, Duke, heads to the Doak to take on the number four, Florida State Seminoles. This matchup, it's intriguing. Do. To North Carolina, only playing Duke this year, right? They don't play Florida State in the regular season. Now that the ACC did away with divisions, you know, and it's only going to take the top two teams to play in the ACC championship, right? And right now, Duke, Florida State, and North Carolina are the three undefeated teams in the conference. North Carolina plays a not very good Virginia team this week. You know, and looking at the game, when it comes down to winning the turnover battle, limiting big plays, you know, I feel Florida State has guys to make more big plays, whereas Duke can grind you to sleep and pop you when you're not expecting it. Duke head coach Mike Elko, you know, said there's a chance Riley Leonard should be able to play after that high ankle sprain in the Notre Dame game. He didn't play last week, um, and they still won against North Carolina State. Henry Beal in the fourth got the start. You know, Jordan Travis, the more explosive quarterback, his favorite weapon is Keon Coleman, that transfer from Michigan State, out there making quality grabs, quality grabs. Coleman, you know, he's the guy, and I'm disappointed in Johnny Wilson. You know, the guy looks like a carbon copy of like a Randy Moss, right? Minus the hands. He seems to be open a lot, just has an issue with the dropsies. You know, the ground game led by Trey Benson will need to fire in all cylinders to open up the passing attack for Travis. You know On defense, the Knolls have not had the pressure that I thought they would have coming into the year with the likes of Jared Verse, Kalen Deloach. You know, they did bottle up an explosive LSU offense in the first game of the year. And Florida State head coach Mike Novell earlier was asked this week, how do you convince your team that this isn't the old Duke program?
1: And I mean, the tape speaks for itself. This is a this is a really really good football team. Uh, one of the best defenses. You know, I think they're fourth in the country scoring defense. Offensively, I mean, they are, they are they're tough. They're physical. The misdirection, the vertical shots. Um, you know, they have they have really good skill players. You know, obviously the quarterback uh, O'Reilly you know, is a special player. You know, you know, he was unavailable last week, and they just kept you know, turning out yards. Uh, the running backs did an outstanding job. You know, they hit the vertical the, the vertical pass plays. Um, I mean, this is a, a well-coached, tough, and very talented team. So, uh, you know, I haven't had to have any motivational speeches for our guys to get ready. They they see it on the film, and they know, you know, what's going to take our best game here Saturday night.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. The Doke will be rocking. The winner of this game props themselves up in prime position to win the regular season ACC title, but a rematch not out of the question. A lot of football left to play this season. Say, you know, Duke loses. They're going to beat North Carolina. You can end up seeing a rematch, so on and so forth. But a player to watch out for on the Duke defense. Al Blades Jr., yes, from the U Blades family. That's right. From the legacy of Al, you know, Brian Blades, Benny Blades, everybody, the Blades family, the lineage from Miami. He's now one of the best defensive backs uh on the Duke team. He'll probably challenge with some of the top quality receiver talent. I would imagine he'll be on Keon Coleman. We'll see. I like that Elko has changed the mindset of this program, the effort. What you see from the fans, I mean, it's it, it's different. It's not Duke football anymore. Riley Leonard's one of those guys. The line for State by fourteen and a half—that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, the over of forty-nine, but whew, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that. I, I, you know, I'd probably take Duke plus the points because I think it could be closer. Again, just if if Riley Leonard's playing. So the number two game now. It's the third Saturday in October, right? The third Saturday of October brought one of the best
1: audio clips in the history of college football, man. I hate Tennessee because first of all, it's Tennessee. And I, I I just hate them because they, they, they low down, they dirty, they some snitches. And I hate Philadelphia. I hate their colors. I'm not a dog person. I, I just hate Tennessee, man. Like, and I, I hate Nay- Nayland Stadium. It looks like a garbage truck worker convention. And I hate all their quarterbacks. I just – I hate Tennessee, man. It it reminds me it, – and it's not that orange that you can – see, I hate Tennessee more than I hate Auburn. I just dislike Auburn. I hate Tennessee. See, Tennessee's colors is it's that, it's that throw-up orange. It's not that orange that you can sit with. It's that puke inside of a pumpkin orange. That and I don't like pumpkins, so I just I just I, I really don't like Tennessee, man. I I can't stress that enough, man. And they 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 losers, they sore losers, cause they they they're not Alabama, and I I hate Tennessee.
0: I hate Tennessee,
1: <laughs> but it's gonna be a battle,
0: right? You know, after last year, fifty two forty nine, Tennessee wins after fifteen years with a forty yard field goal as time expired. It's gonna bring a little more juice to the game. You're gonna hear a battle of Probably the two most popular songs in college football. How many times is this going to be played in the game? And who plays their song more? Rocky Top or Boomer Sooner? But you know the games at Bryant-Denny. So you know what's going to happen at Bryant-Denny Stadium? this will be happening at bryant I don't think this gets enough credit for how cool this is. I mean, you know, jump around Wisconsin, Michigan sings Mr. Brightside, and stuff like that, but like the pom-poms, the, and again, I'm not an Alabama fan, but I don't think this gets enough credit for how cool this is. On a night game, especially something like this, you know, the crowd involvement, it's pretty
1: cool. pretty cool.
0: It's just, it's, it's catchy. You know, and when you see it, man, they get into it. Um, The, the, the players get into it. They have bought in. It's a great scene. This is one of the biggest rivalries in college football. The third Saturday of October, there's books written about it. I mean, it, it, it's big. And now let's see, let's see what's going to happen. There won't be any Bryce young, no Hendon hooker. I don't think either team is the same as they were last year. I think complete polar opposites of what they were. Milrow on the offense have picked up some, but not the way Bama fans have gotten used to with the likes of Tua, Mac Bryce. Dallas Turner rounding into one of the best defensive players in the country, leading his team with seven sacks. He's an absolute monster. The glaring weak spot still the offensive line for the Alabama Crimson Tide, giving up four sacks a game at least, and Tennessee's going to come after him. You know, Jalen Miller when he has time, has made a really good connection with Jermaine Burton. Burton and B- Isaiah Bond are his main targets, you know, but that's a big step down from when you had guys like Ruggs, Waddle, Devonta Smith, James. I mean, it's there, there's a lot of guys. You know, the leading tackler for the Tide is Caleb Downs. And that means a lot of people are getting through that second level on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's where Tennessee Tennessee could take advantage because, you know, their breakneck speed, hyper wants to be. You know, they, they're going to go up-tempo, but they, they're they going to grind you to submission. A trio of running backs that average over five yards a carry, led by Jalen Wright. Dylan Sampson is the TD man. He's got six. Jabari Small has the most carries uh, on the year, and he's averaging 5.5 yards a carry with two touchdowns. Now, the sad thing is I hate that Broome McCoy is out. You know, Broome McCoy with that gruesome leg injury in the South Carolina game. Squirrel White, he's going to need to step up, have a big night for the Vols. The thing that worries me, though, is you know another road game. Think back to that game in Gainesville, the last really intense road game that the Volunteers played. They looked terrible from the word go, right? If Bama gets up early, Turner gets a big sack, the crowd gets rocking at Bryant-Denny Stadium, it could spell disaster for Tennessee. Now, both teams could meet again in the SEC Championship. Georgia with their issues now, Brock Bowers being out He's getting that tightrope surgery. We'll see. If Tennessee could get a win, it could propel them into a meeting in four, you know, with that meeting in four weeks with Georgia. We'll see how that holds on. Bama still has that matchup with LSU and of course the Iron Bowl, which Auburn may not be that good this year, but it's still the Iron Bowl. It's one of those games that's always going to be close, right? The line is Bama by nine, the over of 48. Uh, I would probably take Tennessee plus the nine. I think Alabama wins the football game but I would probably take Tennessee plus the nine. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. Now, my number one game on the weekend, it is the biggest game of the weekend across the country. It's going to be down at the old horseshoe. Number three, Ohio State welcomes in. Number seven, Penn State. A lot of people are calling it one of the newest rivalries in college football that you really pay attention. This big Ten's battle of undefeateds could set one team back. And a the big win, both teams still having to play Michigan, right? Now, I'll say this. I'm still not a fan of Ryan Day. I just, I don't like the guy. I think Ohio State, in the skill positions, right, I think they have the upper hand, better players, especially the wide receiver court, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Abuka. Running back Trayvon Henderson is a game-changer, world-class speed. The quarterback battle is interesting you know, to me with Drew Aller from Penn State and Kyle McCord for the Buckeyes. Now, if the roles were reversed, I don't know if Penn State's undefeated, if that makes sense. If McCord was the quarterback for Penn State, I don't know if Penn State's undefeated. Now, McCord is not playing bad. 1,600 yards, 11 touchdowns, only one pick on the year. But with the talent around you, I hope that's what you're doing, right? You got some of the country's best. Now, the Buckeyes defense, that Jim Knowles defense revamped, led by Tommy Eikenberg, one of the best names out there. I love it. Eikenberg. That's a a linebacker name, right? Very stingy defense, one of the best in the country at not giving up points. They rank third in the country at only 9.7 points per game, right? So I love what I see. From the defense, Ryan Day was asked earlier about what he thought about this matchup.
1: Yeah, I think you're, you're trying to build the confidence up, and you're trying to, um,
0: you know, challenge, um, you know, everybody, but but certainly, you know, Kyle to to grow in certain areas, and and um, and he's responded well to that. I think. You know, he's responded well to the challenges. I mean, this challenge that we have this week is is going to be a big one. And this is this is a very good team, very good defense. Certainly, well documented that they're you know the best defense in the country statistically. Have a lot of guys returning off of last year's team, so um,
1: you know he knows we got to have a great week, and you know, that's just that's for everybody on the team. We got to have a great week of preparation, obviously.
0: So, two really good defenses, statistically speaking. Now, again, Penn State's had the luxury of playing Iowa, a team that's going to probably go eleven and one probably make the Big Ten Championship and get their offense coordinator fired because they can't average more than 25 points a game. I think if I saw correctly, they have five games left and have to average over 30 points a game. It's not getting done. Sorry. Brian Ferentz, you're out. I think he's going to be gone. But again, you hear that. So we don't sleep on Penn State's defense. James Franklin's defense, number two, and only giving up eight points a game. So something's going to have to give in this game, right? Allers played very under control, played clean football, twelve hundred yards passing, twelve TDs, no interceptions. Catron Allen and Nicholas Singleton have nine rushing touchdowns combined. and Do a good job of ball security. Now the wide receivers for Penn State are no Marvis and Harrison Jr. or Igbuka, but the six foot one Norfolk, Virginia Murray High Commander, you know one of the main targets. I, I love that for for you know, Drew Aller and Penn State. Defensively, for Penn State. Six-foot-four, 255-pound uh, rush in. Adia Isaac, who leads the team in sacks, along with Chop Robinson. What a great Chop Robinson is your name. Daquan Hardy will more than likely draw the assignment of guarding Harrison Jr. I think Ohio State just has too many horses for Penn State, though. It's at the shoes, so advantage for me is for the Buckeyes. This, for me, is a must-win for Ryan Day. He's put so much emotion in that Notre Dame game, coming after Lou Holtz. If he loses his game at home, and then loses again to Michigan – could spell trouble for Ryan Day. The line on the game, Ohio State, favored by four and a half with an over 45 and a half. It's a lot of points for uh, two teams that give up an average of nine points per game. It's crazy. In the NFL, my top five games to keep an eye on this weekend. Number five, Falcons at the Bucks. I think both teams need a win coming off losses. Desmond Ritter needs to play better. The line is Tampa Bay by two and a half. I'd probably take Tampa Bay given the two and a half. I don't like the over a thirty-seven. Um, sometimes the offense can struggle. I would still love to see Atlanta play Bijan Robinson more in a running back position, and and maybe see Tyler Heineke. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts, he, he he's a problem. It would be interesting to see what this offense would do with with Heineke. I'm just saying, and I'm not a anti Desmond Ritter guy. I just think. Maybe Heineke deserves a shot. Let's see what he could do. He might have helped last week against the Commanders. I don't know because Ritter threw three interceptions. Did not look good against a defense that had just been mollywopped by the Bears. Right. Number four to Cleveland Browns. Go to the Colts. Gardner Minshew takes over for the year. How does he respond? Deshaun may be back. Good defense for Cleveland. I think you know defense is a big part of what really you know propels this Cleveland team. The line is Cleveland by three, over forty-five. I, I, I like Cleveland giving up the three points in this game. Uh, I think they're going to get after Gardner Minshew. Number three, Lions-Ravens. Okay, big game, I think, because the Lions are riding high. Ravens are always dangerous. The Ravens come in as the healthier team. Detroit, you know, might be without Sam Laporta. their tight tied in. It might be without rookie Brian Branch, the safety from Alabama. The line is Baltimore by three. I would take Detroit getting points in this just because I think defense travels. Detroit is playing really good defense. You saw that against Kansas City. You've seen that on the road. I mean, they're only lost... You know, a bad interception from Jared Goff on a uh, pick six, basically. to Seattle and the stupid NFL rule about if you score a touchdown, overtime is over, which I still don't like. But they're only lost in the year. I like the lines in that game. Second game to pay attention to, the Chargers at the Chiefs. You know, and it's not because Taylor Swift may be there. I mean, that's a big thing. But will the Chiefs get their offense going? Because if you really look at their production, it's not been the same without Eric Bieniemy at the helm. I don't care what people say. It's not the same. Compare the offense last year to this year. It's not the same. You got the same cats, too, right? Now, Kansas City's defense, really, really good. Will the Chargers finally be able to pull one off? Is Brandon Staley fumbling the bag in the NFL? Should the Chargers be more than what they are, or are they just what they are? Line in this game is Kansas City five and a half to over a 48. My number one game, Sunday night. It's a battle of Bama quarterbacks, Tua, Jalen. They go head to head. Dolphins visit the Eagles both at five and one. Philly coming off that loss to the Jets. Can the Philly defense stop this explosive Miami offense? Can the Philly O oh, get out of its own way? Three turnovers, four turnovers in that game last week. Three interceptions by Jalen Hurts. The line is Philly by two and a half, the over of 51. I like the over. Probably wouldn't touch the points in that just, just for me. Just for me. But, again, that's why I don't get paid to gamble. Uh, I just give my opinion and think. But, you know, talking about uh, am I give him a six or six picks last week, I was four and two. I lost my upset special with Air Force. Wyoming covered the spread, but I was picking them to win the game outright. That's how I'm picking this. If it's a six and a half point spread or greater, that's what I'm looking for—an upset to win outright. I could have claimed and said, "Hey, I won the game." as my up. No, I'm looking for an upset to win. Right? I picked that. I also lost to UCLA with you know the plus three at Oregon State. Freaking Oregon State. I still don't buy them. I won with the over 60 and a half with USC Notre Dame. I won the UNC cover of three uh, against the U. I also won the over of 67 in the Washington Oregon game. And I won my NFL pick, taking the Commanders plus two and a half over Atlanta. I talked about that in the last episode. Loved being at Mercedes Benz Stadium. Outstanding experience, guys, right? Outstanding experience. But now it's time for my. I- Give him a sixer. Here's the snap. Look, swing play to Payne. He's looking to the 10. Cuts outside. Five. Touchdown. Give him a sixer, Brian Payne. Peyton Gavris looking for a pass down the far side. Caught. Touchdown. Corbin Cleveland. Give him a sixer. Uh, I'm going to give you a sixer. Here's my six picks for the week. I like the under 54 in the USC-Utah game. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring, right? I don't. I like Tennessee getting nine points at Bama. I think that's big. Nine points. I think Bama wins. I just think Tennessee covers the spread. I'll take Duke getting 14 and a half points. I love that. I mean, I think it's going to be a closer game. Now, I could be wrong. You know, I mean, really, Florida State could go out there and just handle their business, and if they do, good for them. I like Oklahoma to cover the 18-point spread. I I I think, you know, with what they're doing, I think it's a a good opportunity for them to really cover the spread. I don't think UCF is going to be able to score as much. But again, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But in the NFL, I also like Detroit getting plus three against Baltimore. I think it's just, I I think that's a solid pick for me. I, I, you know, man, you can't, the way Detroit's playing. And my upset special, upset special, I'm taking Colorado State to beat UNLV straight up. Now the line is UNLV by seven and a half. But I'm taking Colorado State to beat UNLV, who's 5-1. and one, Colorado State's 3-3 three and three on the year. Taking the Rams as my upset specials. So that's my, give them a six or six picks for this weekend. And now for my visit in Stadium Cuisine, this is where we're headed. As yet. Coming out to dot the eye at the horseshoe, Ohio Stadium. That's right, Ohio Stadium. We're going to take you now for the stadiumreviews.com's checking out the. Uh, there's my boy, the Swedish chef. He's going to let us know what's going on at Ohio Stadium. Uh, but here's what if you're at the shoe. Here's what fans can expect to experience, right? Now, I haven't been to the Shoe. I'd love to be there. I wasn't there with the Oklahoma fans when Baker Mayfield ran up and down the field and planted the flag, right? But I love it. Looking at Ohio Stadium, some of their classic stadium food, they got Brutus's best. Serving up classic meals like hot dogs, nachos, pretzels, brats, soda, water, beer. Donatos, nachos, cheese pizza, subs, and more. Okay. Panera. Getting Panera. That's a little bougie up in the up in the stands, right? Getting Panera overloaded. Loaded nachos. I'm in. I talked about the nachos at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I really, really like that. Okay. Dirty Franks. I sound bad just saying that. But loaded hot dogs. Water, soda, beer, a lot more. Drinking local craft beer options. We know craft beer is big for people. You gotta have your craft beers. Now, here's some of the newer food, okay, at Ohio Stadium. Buckeye Barbecue. Fans, if you're looking for a great-tasting barbecue chicken, Sloppy Joe's and more, they got the sections listed right there. Sloppy sloppy Joe's is underrated. My kids don't like Sloppy Joe's. That sucks. I used to hammer some Sloppy Joe's with some mustard. Yeah. The Hot Chicken Takeover. Serving up Nashville Hot Chicken Sandwich. I I love Nashville Hot Chicken. I love Nashville Hot Chicken. They got Nashville hot chicken sandwiches, fries, soda, water, beer. Taste of competition. That's kind of a creative name, right? Especially burgers that use flavors of visiting team that day. And see that, ups, and I'm going to tell you why that upsets me. All right, I have a concept in my head of a restaurant. It would be hard to do, but it's called Top Ten. Now you have to be really good with your food management your control right but the menu would change every week depending on who's in the top 10. it's sports theme related but it would change so a kudos to the taste of competition that uses flavors of the visiting team that day that's outstanding good for them hot seat serving up soup okay so it's better than salad i'm sure you know some people like a nice bowl of chowder Something like that up there. The the Skyward Grill Gourmet. Is it gyros or gyros? I always say Euros. Barrio taco, tacos, chips, soda, water, beer. But again, taste of competition. I think that idea is great. And that's always been my idea to open up a restaurant slash sports bar. Call it top 10. And the menu changes every week depending on who's in the top 10. Now, a lot of times you're going to get the same things. But you got to be good at your order, your food. You know, have the appetizers be like the blue bloods, something special. Just there's an idea. But to do a burger with flavors nod to the visiting team, I love it. If you guys want any more information, you can check out thestadiumreviews.com. They don't pay me. I'm not doing. I just I love the website. I think for those who travel to football games, again, I used it when I was getting ready to go to the Atlanta game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Parking information. Bag safety stuff like that. I I just you know all around just a great site. I think anybody if you're going to be traveling to a game and it doesn't matter. There's football, basketball season swinging up. You know you got to check out basketball stadiums. Give it a try. Go check out the stadium. The stadium reviews dot com. You pull up, look for anything you need right there. Thank you for tuning in to another delicious episode of Sports Bites where we dished out the perfect blend of sports and food. I hope you savor the flavor of our discussions and found them as satisfying as your team winning on the field. If you're hungry for more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Stay connected with us on social media for the latest updates, mouthwatering recipes, and sports insights that hit the spot. Until next time, remember to keep your appetite for sports and food alive, and may your game day snacks always be on point. Good day, everyone, and remember to always positively move forward.